Hello, and welcome back to the Completing and Competing podcast. 2024, we have stayed in the game of softball, and my softball heart could not be more excited about that. And again, with another amazing sister in Christ that I get to hear a story from today, Gabby Jenkins. Gabby, do you just want to say hello to our listeners before I kind of start rattling off some earthly stats, and then we get to talk about this Jesus guy and everything he's done in your life? Yeah, great to be on, Sarah, and great to great to be part of your passion project. I love how you phrase that, and I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan of of that. And you're just putting putting content out there for people to be encouraged by, and just yeah, dive in with what we know is eternally the most important, um, and that's relationship with Christ. So thanks for having me. Oh, well, now we can hang up because I think that's the best intro I've had on the podcast. So thank you for that. No, it is my passion project. Jesus is my guy. And I love to talk about him when it comes to sports. And and Gabby, when we look at your career from this competitive standpoint, you are now the assistant at your alma mater, Indiana University. You are a Hoosier, and I love that for you. <laughs> you also played there. So I kind of want to go earthly stats of our playing career, earthly stats of our very young but very continued growth of professional career, but competitor is who you are. And if we look at those stats, I mean, they're stellar. You had a stellar career for the Hoosiers. Those accolades include all-time record for career stolen bases with 96. So we're pretty fast. We like to swipe bags and we love to turn left. I am here for that. We had Big Ten Player of the Week honors. We were all Big Ten first team, all defensive team. And then when we weren't killing it on the field, we were also killing it in the classroom. So we're a Cosida first team, all district selection, distinguished scholar honors, and earning academic all Big Sky team. Big Sky team. So it's like, oh, I'm killing it on the field, also killing the classroom. And then I got to coach for my alma mater. So now you are entering your third season as the assistant for the Hoosiers. Again, phenomenal career. We are winning. That is what we are doing in Indiana. And I love to see it from this competitive side. But there is this completion side to you. There is this side that I know nothing about. But I will say Grayson Radcliffe told me, you are her sister in Christ. You are her go-to Jesus gal. So I cannot wait to hear this story. So in our best Carrie Underwood, we are letting Jesus and you take the wheel. Gabby, tell me your story. Oh, that's great, Sarah. Thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> Excited. I, I think I'll get back to this, but I, I would say that, man, it, it is special to not just coach in my alma mater, but more so be led by a woman that, but that is led by Christ. And, and that at the end of the day, I think that's a big part of my story in coming to know Christ in the way that I feel like I know him these days. And, and so Sean Stanton, she's pretty darn special. And, it's a privilege to experience the gift that she is, the gift that I know God created her to be in. And just, yeah, she's fanned the flame um, of not just me, but I know hundreds of women throughout these years. And so I'm excited to chat a little bit about that on my Gabby After Christ um, story. But BC but yeah, and yeah, After Christ. Yeah, yeah BC, we'll BC yeah. first. We'll, <laughs> Love it. We'll take it back to take it forward because I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a before Christ for all of us. And I think. Amen. Man, what a what a gift to to get to to say that there's an after Christ and um, yeah. So I'll go back to go forward, but I would say that you know I I grew up in the church and I. But what does that mean for yeah. me? It looked like I went to church, but uh, my family went to church at the same church that still my family goes to to this day, and uh, it's really dear to my heart. But until high school, I 
it's like I knew that in the head that you, you know, you get baptized, you give your life to Christ and he saves you from your sins and you get eternal life. But in the heart, like I did not know the depths of that, which I think that's part of the design is that, you know, you, you know what you need to know when he needs you to know it. And then he reveals more as, as he wants you to know it. And so I found that, yeah, I found that sophomore year of high school, I had actually just committed. It was before pre um, September 1st days. Um, (laughs) Back in the day when we could recruit anyone anytime. Here we go. I I made a really young choice. um, And I'm so thankful that I did. I, yeah, at times I'm like, man, what, how did I end up here? But also like, I know exactly how I ended up here. I'd gotten, um, yeah, I had committed the month of January. So almost actually nine years ago, I think it was. And I just felt like, man, you know, it's time. I think I should just give my life to Christ too. <laughs> I love it. So Making a lot of commitment month. decisions. Yeah. It's a big month for you. Yeah. 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 Big month. Um, and that was my sophomore year of high school. And, and so my story kind of unfolded a little bit backwards where I, I took the step of baptism and, and to experience, yeah, getting the Holy Spirit in me. When I look back, I'm like, you know, I know that baptism is a symbol. Now I know that that's a symbol of it. It's an outward expression of an inward reality. And, and that inward reality was there. It was really small and really young. Um, but it was, it's so cool to look back and see that, man, that was sophomore year of high school. And then it's like, oh, maybe I should start going to that, co- that high school ministry um so I started going to this high school ministry and then I was like oh, gosh I, I kind of feel like I should be heading to the small groups they keep talking about because I just feel this this urge in me and so I showed up to this random house and man it was one of the best decisions of my life because I met some some people that had been walking with Christ that were my age um that went to another high school in the area they're still actually I'm heading to one of their weddings this weekend oh I love uh, that which is so fun to think about but and then a couple of women that led that group that I think a piece of my story, and I would say probably everyone's that has come to know Christ, is that there are people that are placed in your path that just, man, they just, them being them and them being faithful with the story they have and and the gospel changing their lives and just being vocal about it and being available about it. I think that was as simple as that was. Um, the leaders of my small group just investing one night a week, every week. And I look forward to that night every week. And I think about and that kind of took me through high school and found myself in a, a relationship, which is always a great, you know, come to Christ um, type of type of cue. But I, I had gone to IU and I was in this relationship that was just on and off. It wasn't great health, um, but great learning experience. And finally, it was one of those things I wasn't going to end. But praise God, God ended it for me. And, I, you know, I had no choice at that point. And so. I just have this vivid memory. I think that's probably a big turning point in my story that actually leads to a lot of freedom that I found on the softball field to realize that, man, I had great relief in that moment of that relationship ending because I knew that I had been walking in a lot of sin in a lot of ways. And it was just this one piece of my life that I had not surrendered. And, Mm. and I wanted so badly for it to look like I wanted to, to look like. And, and when I, was kind of forced to surrender that, which gosh, the kindness of God in that is, I just remember feeling so relieved and so crushed in the same moment, but so glad that man, finally I can walk out of this darkness and like everything's in the light. And, and so, yeah, that was kind of a turning point that freshman year of college. Um, And I found that that summer 
was just like a seminal moment in my relationship with Christ where it was like, okay, I, I feel like ground zero. Like I have nothing, even though, you know, in a worldly sense, that wasn't true, but in a soul sense, I felt like, gosh, what do I believe? And, and do I really like, do I really believe it? And so I started spending like every morning with God and out of desperation and, yeah, praise God for desperation and those moments that he gives us that, even though it's not what any of us most of the time would choose on our own, probably, but. Amen. But that's where he yeah. shows up and does his best work. I will say uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that valley of that summer, I just found myself in prayer and I started writing down my prayers, which I had never done before and talking to God, like, man, I'm talking to you, like you are my only option because it felt like he was at the moment. I'm so glad. Um, and so that kind of, I knew going back to school, it would be tough because that's where, you know, I felt like that's where I felt like I, it was so hard before I had left that summer. And so when I got back to school, I was like, all right, now I'm really desperate. I really know that even though school and softball have started up, I've got to keep diving in, in prayer in the morning. So it started to be that like, I would spend every morning pretty early with the Lord and whether that meant, you know, if homework didn't get done, like I knew that it would get done that another time because this was just going to trump that. And it was going to be, it was honestly, I knew that God, I started to believe God, you're going to honor those things, other things I need to do if I commit this time to you and man, did he. And, and so that kind of said, that would be my go back to go forward because that was the year that um, Sean Stan, my head coach, the coach that I coach for now um, that I got to play for for four years, she got to Indiana that fall mm -hmm. and talk about someone that, is going to pull something out of you that you may not be able to pull out of yourself or even realize is in yourself. Um, she's a faithful follower of Christ. She's a competitive, fiery, absolutely just excellent, high standard, deep grace woman. And I had never experienced that in my life in terms of like, okay, we say, you know, we're going to glorify God in sport. We're going to glorify God in our play or whatever that looks like. And that had always just been so foreign to me of, what like we say this and people say it and you hear athletes say it but what does that actually mean and mm -hmm. when she got to Indiana it was like it was a total renovation of our everything and it was just a lot of new and a lot of challenge and a lot of yeah it was just a lot and but it found it came to be one of just the most amazing seasons of my life where not only was I desperate in these other areas of my life and I was finding that prayer was my only refuge and like not prayer but prayer to the God that like created me and designed yeah. me and authored all of these days um, ahead of me and so those two paired together with coach getting here and man me in a state that I know starting to know that there's nothing worth investing in outside of Christ Oof. And then that is the foundation in which I can invest in other things that makes other things enjoyable and fruitful and actually, yeah, like just full and free and, and abundant. And so, yeah, I would say that in that, in that transition of coaching staffs that Gabby after Christ and, and just the, the faithfulness of God to plant, not just coach Stan and she was probably one of the most influential people, but there's some other people in that season that, that were so influential, but just to put people in my story that would fan into flame the gifts that God had given me on the softball field in that season. But not only that, just the, the gift of, yeah, knowing him and, and pulling that out of me and helping me to 
walking that with my teammates and challenging me in that with my teammates and my family of what it looked like to be a daughter um, in my family of what it looked like to be a sister to my brother, what it looked like to be a teammate to my friends of, you know, any of those things. I feel strongly that, man, there is, there's just so much faithfulness in God to plant a woman like her um, in my story. Yeah. To fan the flame. And I think on the field that looked like a lot of, I played pretty timid before I met coach Stanton. And if you know anything about, our program like that's not gonna work she's she is not a timid woman none of her teams at Marshall none of her teams anywhere she's been are timid and but I had a tool set that aligned with our program and which is fun and I'm so glad I did but but she had pulled so many things out of me that I just remember January practice being like I I just like ball in the dirt I don't want to take it I'm scared I'm gonna be thrown out you know or or the whatever you name it and then look up senior year and we're in the bottom of the 10th against Rutgers and it's COVID so we couldn't afford a bad loss at that time and because we were only playing big 10 teams and and coach like all right I'm on third we had two outs bottom of the 10th we're down one and she's like we're gonna steal home and I was like okay I (laughs) love it and we stole home and we tied the game and we ended up one of our freshmen ended up walking it off in the last inning and I just think about that was a moment of soft, you know, it was an earthly moment, but it was also a moment of like great growth and, and truly believing that she always says, we're just playing with outs, right? We're like outs are like poker chips. Like you just, you don't have to cling tight to them. Like they're just, you throw them, they're outs and they're not, yeah, they're not at the end of the day, you're not giving away your trial, you know, you're not, Yeah. it's, it's not that big of a deal. And so the way that I think about that is I learned to run with abandon because I had the freedom of of the Holy Spirit living in me. And I think, yeah, I I just praise God that there's there is that freedom and there is that hope of heaven that man, if we let earthly thinking invade um or heavenly thinking invade earthly living, then there's just about nothing that like within his will that he if he wants us to walk in something, like we can and and so, I don't know, just that confidence and freedom to walk in him, I would say, is something that after Christ, like, it's been so cool to experience. And now on the coaching side, I'm pretty young in it. So I would say that I'm lear- I am just am learning every day of what that looks like, what it looks like to glorify God in, in this arena and what it looks like to invest in relationships in a way that is eternally fruitful, you know. And um, But, yeah, I would say that that is just – yeah, that's a big part of my story is getting to experience Christ, the relationship with whether it's coaches or whether it's, you know, just different people that have been planted um, along the way. And I think that is probably the most beautiful part of everyone's story is the mm-hmm. people that God places in your life when you needed them in different seasons of life. Because yeah. those people will change. Some people are staying forever. Some people are coming and going for seasons. But every one of them, if we're willing to look, look a lot like him. And they're going to bring a characteristic that looks like his love or looks like his grace or looks like his forgiveness or looks a little bit like his push of like, hey, come follow me. Hey, come on. We're going to go on this journey and it's going to be great. And you don't actually know what's coming, Mm -hmm. but I do. And it's going to be immeasurably more than anything you can fathom. Mm -hmm. And I think we can look at your story at Indiana and it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Coach Stan yeah. shows up and you're like, Ooh, I don't know about this. Here we are. <laughs> Am I, I going to make it through fall? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I I don't know. And now we can look back in retrospect and say, you couldn't imagine your life any other way but that. And you can't tell me God's not real and that he didn't put her there for a moment such as that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I want to talk about fanning the flame. I love that you said it. You've talked about it multiple times when you say it. People have fanned the flame for you. I want to ask you how you would fan the flame for others. Because I think there are athletes, there are coaches, there are people in athletics that are listening to this podcast of like, this is my, this is my heart posture. I believe in him. This is what he's done for my life. I want to be able to fan the flame for others. And I don't know how to do it. What is your advice to those people? Yeah, it's a great question, Sarah. I feel like it's a million dollar question because (laughs) I'm learning that on the coaching side. Love it. It's a, yeah, it's something that I've been seeking out from God and, and knowing that I mean, if I don't know the whole story of what that looks like as a coach fully yet, and will we know anything fully on the side of heaven? Maybe not, probably not. Um, but that I trust that he's teaching that daily, you know. Um, but it does come from 2 Timothy 1, 6, and it says, Fan into the pl- flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Um, For God who gave us – who gave us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. And I, yeah, I, I think about just, I think people again is, is a huge piece and being able to share, just being authentic and being Mm -hmm. able to share that, that our nature since sin, you know, has entered the world back in the day with Adam and Eve, like our nature is not that we believe we have the spirit of power, love, and self-control just naturally anymore, but that we have a God who designed us to originally have that. And so that by seeking him, we can have that. And, and so, yeah, I would say just, I think about as a player when that was a, that was a pretty big verse for me that I, was like I would be telling myself that on second base like I am I am made of love and self-control I have the power of self-control and love and and um yeah and and not I'm a gazelle that is just with the spirit of fear and and so I would say that ways ways that I've learned to help fan the flame or even just yeah like I said being authentic as from teammate to teammate I think that that I found that in the end of my career to be pretty I don't want to say easy, but simple because I knew that, man, the girl on my left, the girl on my right, like everyone is going to have the peaks and valleys, you know, and that yep. that's true of every piece of life, whether it's playing softball or, but with time, I think that becomes easier to recognize, especially as you get older in your career. Um, and to be able to just, yeah, in those moments speak that, yeah, hey, this is, whether it's a believer in my life, like this is what you have in Christ and and you can trust it. Like it is literally right here in the Bible. Or if it's someone that doesn't know Christ, like who doesn't want the spirit of power, love and self-discipline knowing that I have the security to walk into any, any moment and trust that, yeah, my God is going to hold me up. And whether that means who knows what that looks like sometimes, whether it means I see success or I don't, um, that's up to him or somewhere in the middle is probably where we land, where we get to learn a lot, um, through both of those. But, but yeah, as a coach, I would say that that's something my coach does really well. And, and by, I would say the way that she does that so well and the way that I'm hopefully learning, um, day in and day out to do that is, 
is really like I think it's all sprouts out of relationship like if I don't know what is important to athlete a or what athlete a is if I'm not seeing what they're battling or you know those things that are in their world um it's gonna be pretty hard to fan their flame and so knowing them I think is a huge piece of it knowing what makes them tick and and what their tendencies are um but also just yeah being willing to to share and and just be yeah truthful that that is like I said it's not our nature always um but that it can be our nature when we trust in Christ Amen. No. And I think there's a beauty to your youth in that space as well, because it's Mm -hmm. not that far removed when you were them. Guys, I've been there. I was standing on second, breathing this into my own (laughs) life. And maybe I still got thrown out at third, or maybe I was saved. Either way, the power of the Holy Spirit still lived it lives in me. Either way, I still have love. Either way, I still live in this space where I have the ultimate victory in what he did. So now I get to go on the field and I get to play with this freedom that makes no earthly sense, but it makes complete eternal sense. And that's where I'm trying to get to anyways. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to be present in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm just, you actually, you said something about victory that I feel like ties into this. So what we always choose a one word at, in our program and okay. my senior year it was my victory lap I was calling it because we were COVID seniors and so Love it. Um, victory was my word but it wasn't because victory lap it was fun that it tied into that but so many play on, plays on words I, here we yeah, love to see it. my um my teammate over COVID we had just been talking about like man what if every time that you knew you were stepping on the field whether you know you're at the plate and you knew you were gonna get the result you wanted or you knew that every bat that day yeah, it was going to be exactly what you planned, or you knew that you were going to win every game on your schedule, or you knew that as a pitcher, you were going to throw every pitch exactly the way you wanted to and get the result you want. And it's like, oh my goodness, we have that in Christ. Not, don't, don't get me wrong. We don't have the result in Christ. Yeah. Obviously we all know that, but we There's have, a, we play a game of failure. Let's yeah, be very clear. Yeah. Contrast for sure. But we have, we literally know the end of the story in our, in our soul life like we we get to walk in um walk into heaven one day knowing that our name's going to be read in the book of life when we put our trust in christ on this side of heaven and it's like wow how much freedom does that offer i remember just literally having this conversation with my teammate it was so insightful and i was like we get to step on the field with victory every single time before we even play before you even do anything you know if it was the worst day our best day the day in the middle the most mundane day like it didn't matter you know it it matters that like we are already paid for and the end of the story is already written and so this middle this middle part we get to carry a torch and and be ambassadors for christ and enjoy god and yep invite others into the good news that is the gospel and so yeah you saying victory reminded me that yeah, that's the that's the fan I want or the flame I want to fan is that we have victory before we even step into anything, you know. Amen. And I think if we can live it, it's a lot easier said than done. Let's be very yeah, clear. It's sure. like, oh, yeah, sure. I can check these boxes. Yeah. I can say all these things. Yeah. And then I'm going to go oh for four. Yeah. What does that victory look like? Yeah. Like, mm, OK, <laughs> we'll put our eyes back on the uh, yeah. eternal space and not so much the earthly space, because I know he's walking yeah. with me through the valley and I can't be like, oh, for lifetime. So at some point we're yeah. going to get out of this. Yeah. But there is a space. There is a piece to that. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Gabby, I want to talk about a word that you used earlier and you talked about desperation. Mm. And I think there are moments in every one of our lives where we are in the valley. We are in the lowest spot, whether that's relationally, whether that's in a playing career, whether that's engaging with my family, whether that's my Mm -hmm. academics. I think we can be in despair in so many different avenues of life. Because again, being a Christian doesn't mean my life is perfect. Being a Christian means I'm still going to go through the valley, but I know the guy who wrote the story and he's not leaving me here. But in those moments of desperation, you went to him. And I think that's really easy to say on the backside of something. It's like, I went to him and now everything's great. Well, for now, right. For this specific time period. But in those moments of desperation, I think we all face them, whether you're an athlete or a coach, what is your advice to an athlete or a coach who is just at their wits end? Like, but I have nothing left to give. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what you're doing and I don't understand this, but I'm trying to trust you. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I feel like in my heart that is just so it is so hard to be in that position and yet I think I feel like it's written all over the bible that that is in the end a gift to be in and I say that with great empathy and and knowing that it is just so hard in those moments to like make prayer your first resort and not your last resort you know um but but I'm lately I actually I'm like praying for some desperation because I think the most comfy spot in life is is actually just so unfruitful and so like just unsatisfying and I think of this song I love this song by I think it's maybe Hill song but it's called um Highlands and it's it says like in the highlands in the heartache you're neither more or less inclined I will search and stop at nothing Cause you're just not that hard to find. And it says, I'll praise you in the mountains. I'll praise you in the valleys. All the same. You're the he- something like you're the summit where my feet are in the highlands and the heartache all the same. And I just love that because I think that that is so true that he is the summit where your feet are in the highlands. So like on the best day and in the heartache all the same. And, and I think in the most desperate times of our life that we yeah, we get to experience his presence more than ever if we seek him. And I think that's mm. the piece that, like you said, and seeking him could look different um, for a lot of people. I I keep telling um, one of my, this spring, my hope is that I would have a Matthew 633 spring, like I, whatever the result looks like, whatever my role is, whatever I need to do. Coach always says, we need to star in our role. And that's for everyone on our team, everyone on our staff, our support staff, like let's star in our role. And and I just think about me in Matthew six thirty three to seek the kingdom first and know that all else will be added to you. And, and I just think about, yeah, desperation. Like would I seek the kingdom first and, and for the person that is in that desperate spot that, that I pray that you would experience his abundance and his comfort and peace as you seek him in the Valley, knowing that the Valley is probably going to shape the Highlands one day and in the Valley is going to shape, yeah, just the need, the knowledge of the need for Christ. And that is one of the kindest things that God can do for us is, is help us know our need for him. Because man, when we don't know our need for him, it is a scary place to be, you know, and we've all been there and think at times, you know, you 
in this world, especially in this Western world that we live in, it's like, there's so much that we could want and reach for and have even, you know, like, but, but to be desperate in the end, not in the moment always feels like a gift, but definitely is a gift when we, when we invite him into it, you know? No, absolutely. And I think we can talk about it like you did from two different sides. Like now being where you are, there's almost like some stability, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I have this amazing job and I have this amazing staff that I work for and I have these amazing kids. God, what's next? Where Mm. are you moving next? Like, I want to be a little bit uncomfy. And I think that's also the beauty of being a Christian and knowing Mm. your foundation and where that foundation lies is on him because I'm okay being a little bit uncomfortable because that's where he's going to show up and he's going to move. Yeah. Yeah. High standards, deep grace. Mm. I love that. Me and you both, Sarah, that's a kind of stand right there. And she's real. She actually is it. So <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> I mean, it kind of encompasses whether you're an athlete or whether you're in the secular world. Like yeah. I have a high standard for myself. I have a high standard for the people around me. I know where I want to go. I know where I want everyone going with me, but we're all going to fall and we're yeah. all going to fail. The Bible is very inclusive in that yeah. statement, all fall short. So there is mm-hmm. this space of abundance of grace and that's what he gave us. Yeah. Thank God he did because mm-hmm. we all needed it. Yeah. But to look at the world in that space where my standard isn't going to change. My God is my God. Who mm-hmm. I am in the office, the, m- the morality that I hold, that's my standard. But I'm also going to have this deep empathy. I'm going to have this deep grace because that's exactly what he gave us first. Yeah. How is that reflected in your life? Mm, good question. <laughs> I have to ask people around me, so hopefully it is reflected. <laughs> I don't know if it <laughs> I, you know, I think, I think about what we, in our program, and then this is what I, I think I had mentioned earlier, like, what does it actually mean? I had thought about this a lot in my freshman year of college and high school in playing softball after I became a Christian, but what does it actually mean to glorify God in this game? You know? And like, does it mean I have to like, like, what is that? It's such a, Mm -hmm. just a phrase we throw around, you know, or glory to God. What does that actually mean? And I think high standard deep grace is part of what it means that I learned what it means in our program. And it was realizing that, man, we're not here to be average. Like I, we, we don't have these jobs. We don't have this job to, to just like being a Christian is not to be average. It is not to be um, soft and just like, I'm not going to be lukewarm here. I'm not just tapping my toe in the water. Yeah. It's not um, like we're going to compete and we're going to compete at the highest level and we are going to chase excellence. And, and I think, learning that that's one of the things that I feel God has just gifted coach Stan with in such a unique way. And that I learned from her is that man in my career, I didn't have to have one, like I didn't have to be a like sold out follower of Jesus and, or chase excellence. It's like, no, actually that is the will of God, like to chase excellence and whatever it is. And I think Ephesians, um, I've been diving into Ephesians and I just love the way it summarizes the gospel and like this six books of just goodness. And love it. And as I was thinking about this morning, I was like, this actually is 
a piece of a huge piece of that what it looks like to glorify God in sport and what it looks like to have high standard and deep grace in the workplace whether it's you know in a softball staff or whether it's a business world job whatever that is but it's Ephesians 6 5 through 9 and I'll just read the first part but it says bond servants obey obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering your service as a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever anyone does, you'll receive back from the Lord, whatever he is, a bond servant or free. And it's so just thinking about, I mean, a high standard and deep grace means that my high standard is I'm going to walk sincerely working for the Lord as if, um, working for the Lord and not for man. And in that, like that standard of whatever my authority. So in this situation, whatever coach saying, like whatever our goals are as a program, I'm going to star in my role and look at whatever it is that helps me be sincere in that way. And I think in doing that, like with a heart that knows what's important at the end of the day, like not taking our job too seriously, you know, not taking yeah. ourselves too seriously. Yeah. That, that's a high standard deep grace and knowing that like not always are we going to make the right choice, you know, or not always are we going to, our players going to make the right choice and having grace for that, but also holding them to a standard of excellence that, yeah, we're going to run and we don't have to choose whether they're, you know, whether our players are believers or not. I think it's one of the ways that coach models what it, what it looks like to love well, um, whether, whatever the reality of our players beliefs are. And so, yeah, to hold not only our staff and each other to a high standard, but also our players to a high standard. But at the end of the day, knowing that yeah, no one's expected to be perfect here, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that is actually the most glorifying to God when we're chasing excellence. And um, yeah. Amen. Say it louder for the people in the back. Here we are. Uh, Gabby, I know you're busy. You are literally in season. So you are taking time out of your life to talk about Jesus with me. And I could not be more thankful for that. But I, I want to wrap with you. And, and when I say wrap, I'm not going to ask you a question here. I want you to wrap us up in any way you want. So maybe that's something you've already said that's like, Sarah, I have got to reiterate this. Or it's like, ooh, Holy Spirit moving. I've got to say this right now. What do you have for us? Yeah, I'm just, I would say rolling with just knowing that the promises of the Bible are true for the believer in Christ. And, and yeah, I just, I think I told you, I want to have a Matthew six thirty three spring. I want to seek the Lord first in all things. And I want to know that all things that I need that he wants me to have will be added to me and whatever that looks like, I want it. And so I think, I think that, yeah, the beauty is that that's true for every believer in Christ. And I think for anyone that's listening or anyone that knows people, watches all of us um, <laughs> that don't know that reality and that don't get to have that promise yet, um, that the harvest is plentiful and there are hearts out there ready to be harvested, um, but the laborers are few. And so knowing that, yeah, I have those people in my life and that goes for me as a super convicting thing on my heart right now um to know that yeah that is the gospel is the good news that god saves sinners through jesus's life death and resurrection and that is good news that i want the people around me and not just people around me but the people that i get to encounter in this month of january you know that are right here in our midst like it doesn't mean i gotta go out to two towns over and tell someone that like maybe that's what it looks like i don't know but 
but that we all have people right in our midst that whether it's walking through the office every day or whether it's traveling on a bus trip and getting to know the people in that arena um, that, yeah, that, that promises for, for anyone that hears and believes. And so, yeah, I think that would just be the encouragement for me and for all of us in this time and every time throughout the year. Oh, I love it. And there's no better time to start than that. How about that for a new year's resolution, friends and family, here we go. And again, I think, he plants us where we are for a reason. Gabby, you're there for a reason. You have a circle of influence there. You get to go on a bus and have a different circle of influence in a different state because we know we're not playing softball in Indiana in January. <laughs> Let him move and yeah. he will through you. Gabby, thank you for sharing this story. Thank you for answering some pretty deeply rooted questions off the cuff that you and God continue to show up and share his love and his light to our listeners today. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your staff. I want to play over your athletes. I want to pray over your bus drivers mm-hmm. and your and your flight attendants and your pilots as you continue yes. to travel into 2024 in your season. But thank you again for sharing the story today. Yes. We welcome all that prayer. We'll cover us right over. <laughs> I got it. All of it. All of it coming your way. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for continuing to shine your light and your love through others. Those are people that Gabby got to meet and it's the person that I got to meet in Gabby today because the way that she speaks, the way that she loves and the way that she exudes grace looks a whole heck of a lot like you. Lord, so as I, as they walk into their season, again, the busiest season of their life, softball season, championship season, they will compete and they will have the highest standard, but the ultimate victory has already been taken in you. So I pray that their staff and their athletes just to get to experience the freedom that only you can give, to know that they are enough and they always have been because of who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray you keep them safe as they travel. I pray you lay your hands on everyone that is going to lay your, their hands on them to know that every field they step onto is a platform to glorify you. Lord, thank you for Gabby. Thank you for her heart for you. I pray you continue to open doors for the two of you to walk through so that she can talk about the good news of your death and resurrection. Because again, the ultimate victory is taken. Lord, thank you for a space where we get to talk about you. We get to talk about sports in a space that it's not mutually exclusive. It is very much intertwined and it is intertwined at Indiana. So I pray you continue to move in that program the way you see fit. Lord, thank you for your love and your grace that we do not deserve, but willingly accept every day of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gabby, you're amazing. I so, so, so love you. And I cannot wait to see what you and God do next to glorify Mm -hmm. his kingdom here on this earth. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Listeners, I so love you for all that you are and all that you will continue to become. Thank you and have a God-blessed day.